welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Mando Mondays here on the Wrong Theater and the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Stephen O'Malley, joined alongside by Aiden LaCory and Billy Bruno back again. And last last episode we had, we ended with the kind of the common denotion that this would be some sort of filler episode due to the time uh, that was released. It was a 30-minute episode that normally signals filler. Um, it was definitely the opposite of a filler episode. It couldn't have been more essential uh, to the entire show as a whole. And it offered one of the coolest things that Star Wars fans have been begging for since 1983. And that was the return of live action Boba Fett. And it was a, it was a fan service episode. It was a fill. It was not a filler episode. And it was probably one of the best episodes of the series in just 30 minutes, which I found overly impressive. Um, that's just my initial reaction to the episode. I'll let you guys get your initial thoughts off your chest. Um, I think you kind of summarized it perfectly. I mean, you went in. I think we even texted in our group. We were like, ooh, 30 minutes filler. Yeah, I wasn't expecting much, and, to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that much. But from the moment, I would say, well, honestly, it progressed a little quickly because immediately I thought, I'm like, oh, I was surprised from the start because I'm like, oh, we're already on Tython. Like they're that already was, finding. That definitely signaled that like something's going to happen I was in like, the next okay. five minutes. Yeah, 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 I was like, okay, that's a little yeah. bit aggressive. And then I think from the moment you saw Slave 1 and you're like, wait yeah. a minute, that's when you're just like, oh, we are, we are in for a treat today. So that It was kind of like this, like a roller coaster. You're like here and then you see they land and you're like, and then the ship shows up and you're like, oh this is an episode like yeah. this isn't this isn't filler like this shit's Great about to go down it literally felt like a an integral like clone worlds or rebels type episode with like just action um mm-hmm. some great sequences and then um bringing back some characters and then just like the advancement of the plot. like it it, it was jumpy old, like a clone wars episode it was, it was like a jumpy th- they they popped just, around it was 30 minutes of just action yeah. and then you had like your big re- couple of big reveals and then a massive ending and i mean it was just props to robert rodriguez he gave us a little something different than i think we're kind of used to um i was a massive fan so i i, I was i think you said perfectly it was also even better because i was not expecting much when i saw the runtime i would agree with that sentiment and i don't think this episode missed at any point during it like every minute was hitting on something else that worked and the runtime was great too because an episode like that you ex- extend it to like 40 42 minutes there could be times where it would drag on but you didn't need to have any of that in this type of episode you can have a nice compact 30 minute episode to me that was amazing like i think it's my favorite for this season i don't know if it's my favorite overall i, I, because I think it's my episode favorite. eight of last season was really good as well but this could take the cake and i want to say Aiden and i were correct with the return of Boba Fett, I mean, I was pretty certain that was going to be the case. I do have a question though. I remember the woman that was there with them, but I don't really remember what she did in season one. The, her, her and Mando worked together on a side mission. And uh, the one character, it was Bobby Cannavale's son, Jake Cannavale, the actor. I have no idea who he played, I forget. But he left her for dead. And then the last scene we saw of her was somebody walking up to her. And then, I mean, 
we didn't know, but every YouTuber and their mother were like, that's Boba Fett, that's Boba Fett. And then now she shows up with him. Yeah. And that's how they got together. Well, she was just saved her in the desert. She was just very much like a, a side like character. She's, she's a bounty she hunter. The woman who, like, so he was going up with a guy on land speeders and yeah. they waited until night because she, she had the high ground. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. her. Yeah. That's why they kept showing her sniping and stuff. I would have preferred... That, that's her thing. One of my main knocks on the episode is, you know how they always give you, like, the preview of, like, here's, like, or whatever, the recap before the thing starts? Yeah. I mean, she, that's a relatively big, like, comeback. Like, I did not expect to see her at all. Um, what's her name? Like, Ferric, I think is her name? Fennec Shand. Fennec Shand, right? So, I didn't expect to see her. Like, it was just, like, a reoccurring character that I had no anticipation um, or knowledge if she was returning. So I would have preferred if we didn't immediately see like that last scene of her, which kind of implied that. So that's you know, where the TV show element comes in, where you need to remind non-Star Wars fan viewers of characters who you showed in the last scene. Like I, 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 when they showed her, I knew Boba Fett was coming back because I was like, okay, everyone who predicted mm-hmm. that the guy who saved her was Boba Fett is going to be right. One thing that I want to point out about the way Boba Fett was introduced. And I just, I was listening to our last episode and um, you, Aiden, you brought up character development and like how they introduce new characters. And I said, as a response to Boba Fett's character, I said, the only way Boba Fett comes back is I think he can just come out of the sky and start blasting shit with the slave one. And that's kind of how he, I, I thought it was funny because that's literally, he literally just flew in on the slave one and it made sense because it's you perfect, knew he was out there. It's a perfect transition because we kind of always talk about on the show, like building it up and creating plot. I thought it was a perfect way to truly introduce him, which was generally just like kind of dropping him in out of nowhere. Like there wasn't a like, oh, slowly building. I wasn't oh, expecting a cu- that. A couple of um, scenes where we see him some more. They're just like, nope, Boba Fett's happening. And like, that's kind of the way I think he, it's a good, the show, the way the show introduces him is how I imagine he acts. He's in the shadows and he comes out when he needs to be. And it's not on his, your time, it's on his time. And I kind of like that, just out of nowhere. Um, that, I mean, that, that, that is what, this is the, this episode will be known as the Boba Fett episode. This is the show that finally gave us Boba Fett in live action that we've deserved and craved since he was introduced in the original trilogy that we never got to see. It was totally so- awesome. He was dope in this episode, too, because I was reading an article, and I kind of agree with it. So in the trilogy, I mean, you saw him be overtaken a couple times in areas where, like, the best bounty hunter in the galaxy really shouldn't be like, overpowered. But here in this episode, I mean, he looked extremely capable, and he looked dope. Um, obviously, different actor and all that playing him than what played in the original trilogy, but he looked much more menacing and it, it, it was more true fitting. to his character. Like that, more that, fitting, right. Yeah. I mean, One let's thing, be real. Let's see real quick over here. The original no, trilogy, trilogy Boba looked cool, was a really lame character in the movies. I don't think anyone denies it. He, he didn't really do anything. He has like, seven noteworthy. lines. No, I'm not even talking about the lines. I'm just talking I'm about just like, his saying. actions. Like, nothing yeah. presented in those movies made him seem... It was more of the look of the it character. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, you don't believe that he's the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. You're just told. Now, one thing that um, I was reading a couple people were up in arms about, and uh, it was about, like, oh, how did he find him? That's ridiculous. How did he find him? Well, in Django's armor, there was a tracker, 
and then they retconned that to be Django's refurbished armor. Boba Fett had the tracker to the armor, so he was tracking the armor the entire time. And they were like, oh, well, why did he just kill Cobb Vanth? Well, did he want to kill the Mandalorian? No, he didn't want to kill anybody for his armor. He just wanted it back. So he was hiding in the shadows. Obviously, with his fighting tactics, he learned how to fight like a Tusken Raider. I mean, you can't deny that. He was living among them. Um, I do think the theory that the one YouTube uh, channel presented where they broke down the, the scenes with the Tusken Raiders, I do think he was the outlying Tusken Raider not acting the same as the other ones. I just, I don't think they, I don't think they acknowledge that. I just think that's correct. Like I do, I do think that that is believable and it makes a lot of sense. And he was using Tusken Raider fighting styles. And I think that's the reason he didn't just go up to Cobb Vanth and boom, right in the head, give me my armor. I think he just kind of let it all play out and then it ended up working out. Um, I, I do think- like how once one quick thing about his character arc is that, and I think this is the, I think this is the main focus of the episode. Honestly, it's like he's flipped. Like he's not about the bounty. He, you know, when, when he said they're back, like the empire, like I got chills and because I could sense just from him acknowledging the, the fact that the empire was back in basically a negative way. It was like, okay, so he's scared. I'm scared. Like, his character has completely flipped from the point where, you know, he's just doing things for a quick buck, and now he's in it. I mean, he didn't have to stay at the end. He's in in it for a cause now. He's probably pissed at the Empire because he ended up in his situation because of the Empire. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, obviously he didn't, you know, he wasn't loyal to the Empire. He was loyal to the the check that he was right, getting. Right, he could hold a grudge in, against them. But he also is realizing, I think he realized through basically like exile in the desert, like, oh my God, look what the Empire did. Like, they were awful. They weren't great to me, so clearly they weren't great to everybody else. But like, um, I just think the fact that he acknowledged saying they're back and like was he had like tremor in his voice, like that means like he's clearly about a different cause now, which I like. They kind of shifted him away from what they did in the original trilogy to basically just developing his character as he was in in the comics and kind of uh, just branching him into a, a new way in live action, which I really do love because he's one of my favorite characters. I mean, I think we did mention on past episodes is when Boba, we didn't know when, but when he does, it's either is he going to be like one of the main villains of the show and uh, an antagonist or is he going to be not a sidekick. What's the word? Yeah. I mean, he's he's not no, a sidekick, I, but he's I mean, that's not the word. What's the word like? Uh, when the, a mentor figure for Mando. Yeah, like a mentor, say. but someone who helps him on the journey and is a. Uh, a he's true. more. Of a, he's going to guide here. He's kind of guiding through. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's he's fought against the Empire before, most likely. No, that, you have to more. assume he's like we were saying on our past episodes. Is he like going to be the antagonist? Is he going to be a roadblock to Mando's or is he going to be a like a partner of Mando? that's like what we did the i'm back line though i just want to quickly jump back to that see it's also interesting because it just shows the scope for me of that people just aren't aware we've grown so accustomed to just the empire appearing and all the characters understanding that the empire still clearly exists they've been on their bases the empire's been hunting baby yoda down but there's a lot of people out there who are not aware of the scope and the magnitude that the empire still commands that's probably when you look at it that's if you're looking at like a political way 
that's probably why the first order came about is because so many people were unaware that no this well, is they were yeah reasons. the Re- the new republic core was like probably like almost like denying the fact that there would they would resurface but one thing that i thought was interesting is he go right away after seeing and moff gideon star destroyer is not a is not an imperial star destroyer it's one of the smaller ones but right away he didn't even he didn't even consider the fact that it could have been a stolen ship from pirates like or like this was just a one little faction of the empire just because they had the stormtroopers at their disposal when he saw not even the original star destroyers that he's been on he saw a smaller one he was like oh no they're back like he he knew right away like that basically not even that they're back it's just that they never left he knew just from one starter story and it, and it was pointed out in scale like on on uh on twitter and stuff like the, the comparing moff gideon starter story to other ones it's not as big and it's obviously not as uh as grand as some of the other ones that we've seen in the past but like boba fett in that instance through seeing the two trooper transports and one smaller Star Destroyer, immediately, they're back. Like, like turned around, they're back. Like, he he was scared. His badass know, was scared. I want to know, where is the New Republic? Like, are they anywhere to be found? I mean, this is on they're, the outer rim, so, like, they yeah. don't have that many. And, and that's the whole issue. That's what the First Order is. The New Republic's kind of, it's a disjointed effort. It's all over the place. It's scattered. They don't have that many people. And the galaxy is so wide that, I mean, you saw it in the sequel trilogies, the First Order, it's, it was on the outskirts slowly plotting, and then it kind of comes out. The New Republic couldn't, even in the sequel trilogy, they acknowledged it, like, they couldn't organize themselves after they won to the point where, like, they got it back to the old ways of the Old Republic. Like, no one agreed on anything. They, Like, this is, like, the thing that they never explored. Like, politically after they won the war, they had nothing in common. They couldn't figure it out on the core worlds. The core worlds being like the main hub of where all the people live, the outer rim was always a, a wasteland. Like it was always where there was no rule. And now the empire, they're showing how the empire built the first order, basically. I don't know if they're exactly showing how they're building the first order, but like how the empire is surviving by just running the outer rim, essentially, that the new republic can't control and never was going to. They were never going to control the Outer Rim. No one ever controlled the Outer Rim, which is where we are right now. That's where all the planets we're going to are on. Yeah, it just seems like, I mean, they should know about some of presence of the Empire. Well, you saw the, the one fighter was like, you know, the Core Worlds don't believe it, but we know there's something not right out here, and that's all that, that's all that the New Republic has at their disposal is they have these basically – they're cops, like they're, they're pilots, but they're flying around different planets, making sure everything's all right. And then clearly they're on the outer rim and these two, let's say two at a time starfighter uh, tandems of new Republic pilots can't stop the empire on the outer rim. Yeah, so, that's right. I mean, and, they're just going to yeah. blown to pieces. When they exactly. But that's it. But it's also the key is what they're seeing. Like think about it before we know it as viewers and Mando knows it, and Boba does, but before it's, I wonder if the New Republic just envisions the Empire as kind of what we saw in, what was it, I believe the third episode, when they, the little base, it's just some outskirt bases that really haven't been defeated yet, and there's a couple, 
maybe on each planet and what you go to this. I don't think they realize the scope. The Carl Weathers episode, like where the they Carl just Weathers. go to the, they just go to the one base and then in the New Republic's like, oh, they've got like a few of those yeah. on different planets. And when you clearly, I don't know if they know the scope of how large, and I mean, they clearly did and it led to the first order. I don't, I think they underestimate and you see it here is they view the, the remains of the empire as just a few scattered bases when in reality, it's a much larger effort. It's almost like they're knowingly just being like, okay, we won the war. We won the war. We did all we could do. We won the war. Now they're gone. That's what literally what they're, and that's how, that's basically what it looked like when the, the red beams coming at the core world planets. It's like, oh my God, how could this happen when we won the war so long ago? Like that's all their faces. That's what I envisioned them saying is like, oh, how could this have happened? This is beyond me. We how we have, let this get to, out of control. We only have novels and comics really to show the rise of the first order. I mean, I think I talked about it way back when I was still annoyed at the show's lack of plot development or wanting to differentiate it. That's one thing I wanted the show to show, uh, wanted the show to kind of reveal and highlight is how did the first order come to be? I think they're building up to it. it just to based off of- Slowly building to that by showing larger and larger um, empire remnants and, and based off more articles slowly coming out about how favreau and filoni have teased kind of not fixing but retconning a lot of things in the new, the sequel trilogy like they're not going to fix the three movies but they're going to make things make sense i think over the course of not i think they have their own little story arc for this this season but the next two seasons it's going to just be able to kind of make things make sense as well it's how i view this series going and i do think they'll stick to their guns a little bit like with filoni and favreau like they, they obviously have their direction but they clearly are recognizing the need to fi fix a few things like sprinkle a little bit of original star wars magic dust in there and make things make things better but i do think that the rise of the first order with the carl weathers episode i think we're all but it's all but confirmed they're going to make things make sense from the sequel trilogy with the the cloning episode and then the obviously just building up the fact that the empire just straight up never left this show is at a real disadvantage just because in the like where what they're writing the tr sequel trilogy hasn't happened yet so right. those events cannot be taken away on based on what this shows so they i like how they're going to make some things make sense like you said but they are confined to that's why i pointed out a couple episodes back when we were talking about new characters i was like well they're se severely limited by the fact that their future is already set and i've kind of come around to the fact that i know they can make things kind of go away but like it sucks that if they introduce people who clearly would have made the sequel trilogy better like characters in the next two seasons like it sucks that the future is already set and they can't reintroduce them in a movie setting which obviously marvel has the upper hand in that like they can just introduce new people in their shows because they properly did it um but like i i don't think they're going to focus all of their attention on making things make sense but i think it's an integral element of the show if that makes sense like it's definitely in the top five things that they want to accomplish they want to kind of retcon certain things that weren't explained because of lack of time um, in the sequel trilogy. Steve, you said it best last episode, it's filling in the gaps. That, that was your wording and I think it's perfect. They wanna fill in some of the gaps where the viewer is not 
the, but the problem is there's so many how we got to the point of the sequel trilogy there's so many gaps in the sequel trilogy and i think if you kind of watch it when it's all said and done you watch the first four seasons of mandalorian and then you watch the For- force awakens there's going to be a lot of things in the force awakens that aren't so, so implied anymore like the I, like i think a perfect example of that is the republic pi- fighter pilot said the core worlds don't believe it that perfectly makes sense as to why everyone's staring at the red lights in the f- scene when star killer base operational going huh, what are those like that makes sense that that little detail right there is good enough so i don't think they're going to spend episodes at a time but little insinuations like that like, oh, the core worlds don't believe it. And then you see everyone looking up at the red light, like it's fireworks. And then boom, they blow up the planets. Like little things like that. But one thing I want to get in, before, I want to get into like theories and predictions and stuff. The, so the guy who, who, who worked on the set and said, buckle up for the th- last three episodes was right. I didn't think that the sixth episode would be really, really good. And it was really, really good. And the seventh and eighth, I can't even fathom. But I want to ask if in the one scene, I don't know if you remember it um, in this last episode when it's a cutaway shot of the hill, basically where Grogu is sitting, there's, there's hooded or there's shadowed uh, figures between the rocks. Like, do you think someone showed up on Tython? Like, do you think while Manda was away, there were force ghosts there or there was someone there? Like, do you think anyone showed up in a physical setting? And you, I, I, I'll try I and find the image. I, I, I did not pick up on that. I don't know what you're talking so, about. So I, I, um, I didn't see that like live time or read about it. So if you could try and show me. I'm going to try and show you, but um, I wonder, it's not going to play sound if um, no, if you can just if find, I share my screen. Just trying to find All right. So I want to find, so, and I, I, I kind of think there was force ghost there, but obviously, Oh, there's a new video. Just saying, I'm going to watch that. Um, there, there was, there was an, it, it was, it wasn't a clear image, but these guys, and I, I wish I screenshotted it. Um, basically they spend a whole lot of time breaking down that little scene. And, and, and these guys are the new rock stars who I, I love so much. And I normally think they're, they're normally they're right, which is kind of crazy. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, but essentially um, let me just try and set this set the scene then. So basically, when the gun is pointed at Grogu, when they're like, when Boba Fett's like, look at her on the thing, it cuts to the rock, and in the you can see the six rocks, and in between, like the third and fourth rock, there's just a shadow. There's there's two shadows in between, like you can see them in front of the light. I think that was. I, it might the people are saying oh it might be the shadow of the rock if you think about it like the shadows of the the six rocks because they're kind of pointed in, but like that image aside, do you think somebody showed up? Um, I don't think anyone showed up then, but I, one point I wanted to make going into this was I found it very interesting. It was largely a small scale episode in terms of what actually happened. Right, there was just it was a lot of action, a lot of beating up stormtroopers. Um, Boba coming in, but on the, it was big in terms of this grand scheme of how it sets up the show, if that makes sense. So the reality of the show, not like the scenes themselves were very simplistic action scenes, right? Um, but it just set up so much. I just found that so fascinating because it really made you think. 
again, one thing I mentioned earlier, I was the appearance of Tython right off the bat was like kind of surprised me. But the fact that we got Baby Yoda on the rock, clearly connecting with someone, um, he he clearly is going to reach out to someone. It's just a matter of who. I don't think anyone appeared then. I do think that's a bit of a reach. But I do think it's a bit of a reach, but I... I think someone in the next couple episodes has to appear. My guess is the final season we see who he connected with, but... Uh, episode, you mean? The, I said the final episode is I think we, we see who... Uh, you said the final season. I mean the final episode of this yeah. season. I think we see who he connected with. I was reading an article on who um, people thought that he reached out to, and I did not know the first four people on the list. So I was assuming they're all Clone Wars and Rebels people. And Mace Windu is not on the list. I, I don't one, think it's I don't think it's Mace Windu. Wait, who are they Number kidding? one was Yaddle. If it's Yaddle, dude, that would be so disappointing. Apparently Yaddle so I did she died in some comic book? No, but she was retconned to be alive in the, the video game. Right, because I did read yeah. that she's going to be in the Lego Star Wars video game that's coming out next year. Yaddle wouldn't be a hype or something. Character. I know they. No, but they had her number one just because I guess same species and all that. That's a little bit much for me. Now, so, in that case, why wouldn't Ghost Yoda show up when he already showed up in the sequel trilogy and has no problem just popping in from time to time? He does it in Rebels all the time too. Who's the other two? I didn't know the other. Four are on the list. Did you did you uh, remember their names or no? I'm assuming it's going to be Ezra. Ezra's yeah. Ezra's Ezra, Kanan, and Cal Kestis. I don't think was that the one where they said like if he's alive or something. Yeah, Cal yeah. Kestis if he's alive, but Ezra Bridger also could be dead, which would be sad. But, but he's probably not. I think he's probably not dead. Based on ba Ezra, I think makes an appearance sooner or later in live action, based on where they're going. But so. I think this is a good transition point. We haven't made like the official one, but this episode will be come to note. It's the Boba Fett episode, but it's also the the Baby Yoda finally gets captured while also making further, which we all agreed was, was going to happen. happen, and it did. I thought that's and pretty good. To be and needed to happen. But I didn't think it would be. I thought it'd be the cliffhanger though of the season. I did like how the Dark Troopers were basically Iron Man, and they just kind of. You use the same shots from the first Iron Man movie when they went boom, 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 down, boom, up. Like the same sort of, I thought that was cool. It was Favreau. So that was like kind yeah. of the same. Th it was just cool that like they're using the same. I Here's the thing. I have no basis for any of my Grogu theories. So I don't even, I don't even want to share them because I just, we don't, I don't think I know anything enough to say, but I have, I have my ears have perked with Moff Gideon, um, with the the dark saber gag, when he was talking about, you know, when he was joking, oh yeah, I bet you haven't seen one of these in a while. Like, he knows so much. Like he knows, I think he knows everything. I think he knows the answer to every question we have about this show, besides who Grogu connected with. Like, I think he was he he is purposefully not telling he won't just turn to the camera and ferris bueller us but like i think in these last two episodes we're going to get inside of his mind because i think we're going to find out that he knows every answer to every question that we have and even answers to questions we haven't even thought of yet i just think 
this is totally building up to be his show is what I wanted to say. Like this is now the Moff Gideon show, especially because Mando is shipless. Like that's the tragedy. Mando lost everything. And now we need to switch to learn more about somebody who has, we know nothing about. And that's honestly kind of very similar to his character in Breaking Bad. Uh, You just saw him a little bit at a time in one or two scenes per episode. And then he just becomes a huge integral focus of that show, which, I mean, I would have hoped that he would have been a more of a focus in this season a little bit earlier. But next season three, I, I think he's going to be all over the place. I just think these last two episodes are going to be anywhere from 40 to 47 minutes or whatever. And I they think they need to be long. Uh, but I just think they're going to focus on Moff Gideon, all of them. The last two, and I think the next season is all Moff Gideon's too. Like, I think this is totally building up to being like a villain show where you're just not following the villain, obviously, because you're going to be following Mando for as long as he's in the show. But like Moff Gideon has the answers to our questions and we are going to start spending more time with him. That's where I think it really comes down to. We're just going to spending more time with Moff Gideon. So we're going to be learning a lot more, um, information about everything i think he knows so much about the ways of the old republic and what he's doing to build uh his little pseudo empire i think what by us spending more time with him it's going to make this show so much more interesting and i really do think john esposito is just just playing this character as perfect as possible like we're getting little doses and i think when we get the full when we get the full glass we're going to be very very happy with what he is creating Cause I really, we don't know any, it's like a, he's a mysterious character that we've seen 10 times. If that makes sense. Like we know we've seen him. We're like, Oh, Moff Gideon, bad guy. Now we're going to learn where I think we're going to learn in the next two episodes. We're going to yeah. sitting in class learning. So the dark saber was pretty dope again. Um, I think that honestly, the most interesting point relative to baby Yoda getting caught and just baby Yoda in general was Ahsoka mentioned it. And I didn't, we didn't really talk about it, but they're really kind of pointing out this like possible turn to the dark side. I don't think that could be overstated. There's one of the appearance of the butterflies um, around him, which are normally associated that imagery with Darth Vader and then yeah. And then you had his anger in the cell, just kind of torturing the guards. And you had Ahsoka mentioning the fear. I, I, I don't think he does. I don't think they can, but it's kind of an underrated element that I'm not really seeing discussed a lot. But kind of an- It's showing how naive he is to what the essence of a true Jedi is and how he's just basing all of his actions out of fear of not being with Mando. Like everything he's doing with the force is like when he took the ball, he's like, Oh, I, I was good to Mando. He is happy with me because I took the ball. And then when they're separated, he's like, I need to do everything I can, no matter what it takes to get back to him. Like he is not thinking in the quote unquote Jedi way, which I was surprised Ahsoka was like, Oh, the Jedi way when she was like, Hey, this shit sucks in the Clone Wars. And she left. So that was surprising to me, but I think she's kind of at the whole like grand master sort of stage where she's doing a lot of thinking rather than a lot of fighting. And, um, you know, I, when she point, when she was like, all right, I, Anakin went bad. I saw what could happen to people with attachments and Grogu is clearly attached at the hip to Mandalorian. I, I you know, I don't think he turns to the dark side. I just don't think there's a, a Jedi Sith divide anymore. I just think it's Jedi's doing what they can 
got to do to survive. I don't think he does. I just think it's an interesting that they're going that direction and kind of the last two episodes have really. Pointed. They're just really harping on the fact that he is so conjoined to Mando. He will do anything it takes to not, not be with him. Like he needs to be with Mando. Yeah. Like it's I'll just emphasizing, imagine. it's emphasizing the fear of loss, which is what killed Anakin Skywalker. The fear of losing what you have, all that you have. Baby Yoda's whole world was Mando. Like the whole, his whole, his his whole remembrance was Mando, uh, over the past his past couple years or months or whatever, however long they've been together. But like they're building up the idea that look what the fear of loss does to the best of us yeah. or even the youngest of us, like little little Grogu. What's so Can funny? You imagine what would happen. Older than Ando. Yeah, he is older. Do we know how long that they've been together? I. Um, I I don't know. There's not an Ashland, but if you base it on how much the, like Carl Weathers' character and Cara Dune have cleaned up like the town, and there's like a whole statue, and there's just like there's, there's, there's I, I would gather. Probably is like, it just like our time, pretty much? No, I, I would. No, it's a little longer. Oh, I was gonna say like I was gonna say like I would say over. Well, let's look at the first season. I think it's a year or so. The first season was only like a couple weeks. Right? Maybe others walking and shit. I isn't think the, it might be around our time. Isn't the, I don't I don't think it's like a month. I think it's at least like seven to eight months. I think it's more of a year. Wait, when the I'm trying to think back to the first season. Not the first season there was only like a like a week or two went by. There was a um, couple of weeks because he was in that town for a little while. Yeah. Like with all the kids in that remote village. Like they stayed there for a long yeah. time. They, they did have them trying to escape for like a couple of, I don't know. I guess it, I, I would say the first he, one. He almost didn't leave that planet after being there for a very long time. Like he was the he yeah. was basically the marshal on that planet with the woman who saw his face for a very long time. Yeah. I guess I, I would I would guess closer to like our time. So a fair amount's gone gone by. Um we're we're on one other thing that came to mind. What, what do you guys think of Bill Burr's character returning? How did he survive? I thought that, like, he got arrested. They left him. Uh, yeah. I He's thought a, that um, holy prison blew up. Nah. No. 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 They. He left them for the thing. That's how we escaped yeah. from the New Republic. Because they're like, oh, you caught that guy for us. You caught that guy for us. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Quid pro quo. Um, that is what I will categorize, and I I don't know if I'm making this up. That is new character of a new show fan service. So that's fan service to the people who watch the show and have nothing to do with star wars but like the characters from the show if that yeah, makes yeah. sense it's just interesting that they're trying to like draw back on all these characters but I think they're I mean, he was they, did say, they did say he was the best hacker around yeah. of imperial so like that makes sense in this little mando world that we have he's the best you want the best you need the kid back get him to help you um i, mean, I just hope i just really hope it's not a 20 minute thing I know he's in a maximum security prison, but like I kind of hope they kind of just continue with the. All right, we're better than the Imperials here. Let's 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 bust them out. Let's do this little five minute thing. Break in, kill some stormtroopers, get in the get in the ship they'll burn. Let's 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 start building this team up. Like I don't want if this is if that would disappoint me just because of how good the thirty minute episode was. I think this one's longer. I just want it to be Bing Bang Boom. We got Bill Burr. Let's hit the road. I'm interested to see also, this is a random sign out, but I want to see the, the remnants of the Empire, their reaction to Boba. You have to assume they know who he is. 
I'm going to say the same reason Boba Fett didn't know they were back, that the same reason most of them wouldn't know who he was. Like, I don't think... Moff Gideon is going to know who he is. Moff Gideon's not an idiot, but I think the rest of them will have no idea who he is. Interesting. They might have this... You know what they might have? The ship on on log. They might have the slave one on log because they he docked it on uh, Star Destroyers before, but I, I don't think... Uh, Jim and Bob Stormtrooper are going to be like, oh my god, it's Boba Fett. Well, not them. I meant more Moff yeah. Um I think Moff Gideon will have a, an inkling. I have a specific question for Billy, because Steve, I know you don't have a problem with it. It's not in a bad way. Billy, and because I've seen some articles written about it, and do you have any worry that the show is going to become too reliant on callbacks, fan service, and bringing back like connected characters to the point where it doesn't even feel like the Mandalorian standalone show is on plot, but rather just a, let's try and bring as many characters to live action. Steve, I know you don't have an issue with it. Honestly, I don't have an issue with it, but I want to see from more someone from more neutral opinion. Well, wait, before Billy goes, I just want to say when they're introducing big animated characters, I think it's to set up their own shows because they need to compete with Marvel, ironically, in the sense that they want to universe build live action TV shows, just like Marvel's doing. That's, that's my only okay. That's my own. All right, so I'll answer Aiden's question first, and then I'll touch on what Steve just said. So Aiden, not yet. Okay. If, if they keep doing it, I'm, I will get a little concerned because this has been either three episodes in a row or three out of four where they've pulled in someone major that was either in the movies or in one of the TV shows that are in the canon. So, and I think that they've all made sense in that it's all been a positive impact to the show in the season but if you start just doing it to do it then I'll have a problem with it you can't get too trigger happy with it because I do think the Mandalorian can stand by itself it proved that last year with a strong first season when they were basically starting from scratch and they could do whatever they wanted to but they were also establishing um, their own little worlds with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. And I think they did a good job, and they set it up to where they can expand. But now that you've had expanded, just explore on what you've introduced. Mm-hmm. Like, don't keep introducing stuff in, without going into depth with the things that you've introduced. So I think if they stop with where they are right now, it'll be good. Well, obviously, you're going to have to see who Baby Yoda reached out to. Um, but I would say that for me, that would be my cutoff. Yeah, and I don't really know what their plans are for season three. Um, but I don't know if I would want this many reveals or like bringing characters that had previously been in other Star Wars shows or movies. I think the idea was and if this makes correct me if it doesn't make sense, but it's a matter of can this will this be a Star Wars show or will this be a show within the Star Wars universe? Well. I do think what Steve said makes a lot of sense. Oh, I think it does as well. Because Disney is having their investors meeting on the 10th, which is Thursday, and they're going to be announcing new shows or did they specify shows? Projects. Projects. For Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars. Not even I believe that they are going to have multiple Star Wars 
TV shows announced. Yeah. Boba? Do you think we get a Boba? Was that even? I know that. I think it's Ahsoka is a lock, and then other than that, I have no idea. I mean, Kenobi has been announced. I wonder if they show a little footage. Have they started recording? I think they could be no. announcing some dates for some of these things too. Yeah, Within. I think Kenobi. We're getting a Kenobi either. Then I know that you said they haven't searched it, but like storyboard, uh, concept art, um, maybe even first pictures if they've done that stuff like that. Right. Like, so character. you know we're having Kenobi. And Boba Fett has been heavily rumored, right? It hasn't been confirmed. There was almost Boba Fett yeah, I mean, a Star Wars story. There used to, there was like right, a movie. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, that's not happening see, in any way. I think we the reception we're getting. I would not be surprised if they they fast forward a Boba show. Well, well what I if I told you the director of the Boba Fett movie was the director of the Dark Phoenix? So maybe what? we're not. It was Simon Kimberg. I thought it was supposed to be James Mangold. Mm-mm. That was Simon Kimberg. How sick would a James Mangold movie that be? Well, that would just be Logan Boba Fett, and then you sign me up a month in advance. Are you sure? Where did I have that idea? But I think that they need to focus on their TV Yeah, Boba Fett right in the away. movie works with James Mangold writing. If it's a director. And directing. Yeah, I was right. Oh, Maybe okay. Was... Pretty sure it was Simon Kimberg at one point. It was rumored, and then he said he wasn't, but the rumors were and then he got shot down. So there was one sports that he was, but then it got obviously like a little bit uh, scrapped. But you've been seeing Marvel have all these TV shows come out. And I think they're going to really try and expand the Star Wars universe with shows that need to be on Disney Plus because Disney Plus needs new programming. And the thing is, we're having another one of these meetings to announce new projects that aren't shooting. And Disney Plus, again, is just like a vault. Instead of a content, I think Disney sort of Plus. I don't know if you guys have heard of rumors. We're kind of getting off the Mandalorian, but that's fine. Which is Disney yeah. Plus. We mentioned it. They really only had the Mandalorian, and as you said, a vault of movies. And even their movie collection, especially compared to HBO Max and Netflix, is kind of lacking. So their plan, I believe, is it seems as though they're going to combine Hulu and Disney Plus under one umbrella to like have a better collection. But then once the Marvel shows start coming, you're looking at like we talked about the Percy Jackson National Treasure. Billy, I think, mentioned it specifically. Disney Plus kind of opened with Mandalorian. It had nothing else behind that. But in roughly a year to two years, they're going to have like a Netflix level of quality shows that are really going to be driving. They are, but I, and I mean, obviously it's worked for them because people have, they've already met their five-year goal for subscriptions, mainly because of the pandemic. But they really should have had things behind the Mandalorian. They should have had something. They had nothing. Finally, we're getting the first Marvel TV show. But with the success of The Mandalorian and people's love of Star Wars, they want new content for Star Wars to come out, especially with no movies planned. So there's nothing to look forward to in the film sense. They want these new TV shows. And it's, I mean, if they do the same thing or something very similar to The Mandalorian with the level of writing and production that they have and the money they that they do some really cool things and really cool stories and i think that they may be leaning towards tv shows anyway one to boost disney plus but two because like solo did not perform well at the yeah. box office um and, and they have the you didn't get great reviews like relative no. fan base not from critics but the fan base the, i don't get the, the hate from solo i really don't yeah solo i don't either but i mean that was the wrong movie to release in theaters. I mean, no one, fans would have rather seen another Boba, origin story. No 
Yeah. Right. But there's these are the things that you could also do in a show or a miniseries and have a little bit more time. Here's the thing. Nobody was asking for a Han Solo movie, but we got one. But we wanted Kenobi and Boba Fett and maybe even Vader in between three and four movie, and we got Han Solo when clearly that's one of the most iconic casting choices they've ever made in Harrison Ford, and you're just going to scrap that, obviously, because you have to, um, logically. I mean, nobody asked for Solo. We got Solo. It wasn't bad. I thought it was a fun movie, but nobody asked for it, and they were just lashing out on the fact that it wasn't what they wanted, um, and it kind of halted the the production of those movies. But, you know, I, I I'm happy with The Mandalorian, but the problem with The Mandalorian is, um, you know, after this ends – you have the Cassian Andor series is the next one. Um, they're, they're filming it right now. And that's probably the next one we're going to see on Disney plus. It doesn't make any sense why the, you, you build this Mandalorian universe and the next star Wars you give somebody is we're going back 30, 40 years to before rogue one before episode four. And it's a different timeline. And I just think that's a bit chaotic. Like if they had, Mandalorian season two, and then you went boom right to Ahsoka or Thrawn. Everyone would be like, "Oh, we got a little universe on our hands that the Mandalorian kind of started." But following up the Mandalorian with the Cassian Andor series from a character who, in all honesty, I like a lot and I like Rogue One a lot. Definitely forgettable for Star Wars fans. Definitely a forgettable character. So I just think that was, I mean, that's bad on Disney's part. They've made a lot of mistakes with Star Wars, and I think this is just another one that we're we're headed towards. I also think it's an issue how uh, the Mandalorian, it's eight weeks, which to me, I've been trying to figure out what kind of cliffhanger the Mandalorian is going to end with now that um, Moff Gideon already has Baby Yoda and like what's going to happen really in the next two episodes because I would love it to be a 10 episode season. I really would. But you're only having Star Wars for eight weeks out of the year right now. Like there's no other content in between when the Mandalorian ends to when season three of the Mandalorian is going to premiere, which I think is an issue. I think if you're really trying to expand your universe, you need to have something else. Like you need to have like three or four things come out per year. Like Marvel does. But to me, me, it's hard to expand your universe when you just have the one thing going right now. And then you're announcing these things. I mean, they obviously can't just rush production or go back in time and start something earlier. But to me, it's kind of hard to, if you're going to start the universe, you should have done it earlier with, and like have something come out maybe in the spring. Or you should like, have been doing it concurrently. Should have been going on at the right. same time. Like, yeah, that's a better which is, def- which is definitely possible. And it's been done before many, many, many times. It's just disappointing. It's, it's, it's good that, you know, we get this good, you know, I wouldn't call it a tease. I mean, it was a really well done series with the Mandalorian, but we're getting nothing after in any way, shape, or form for of the foreseeable future. Like they're they are about to start production, not even filming of the third season. So like that's not even in the works yet per se. Like it hasn't even we had, there's nothing. There's no feasible anything from season three other than the idea that it was greenlit. Which is we're just lucky that they got done right before the pandemic started. Yeah, 
Because if they didn't, we would be still waiting. We would have nothing. And then that would have pushed everything else back, I'm sure, because then they would have had they would have waited for season three and all that. So we are very lucky that they finished. Yes. Right beforehand. Um so we'll wrap up real quick. I want I want final predictions. I don't even know what the hell is gonna happen in the next episode other than they're gonna get Mayfield, but I wanna know who for a definitive choice, who who Grogu connected with. I want to hear scores for the episode too. That too. But who um, did who score, did Grogu connect with on Jedi Link? Well, I'll give this a ninety. Um just a great action episode with Boba. I, I, I think I like the Ahsoka one more and episode eight of last season, but I need to really go through it. It's definitely a top five for sure. Um, predictions who Grogu connect with. I'm going to go with Ezra because I think that's the most logical connection that the vast majority of people at least can understand and who's like generally out there. I, I like that. Um, it's either him or a force ghost of like a legit character we know. It's one of the two. Those are my guess. Um, I'll go with a 94 um, for this episode. I was really a fan of the way they use Boba Fett. Um, just showing him the way he was. And I think um, I'm going to go with Ezra for the pure fact of them not having to de-age Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Um, I think that creates a lot of potential issues just with how it was received or, and all that stuff. So in terms of practicality, uh, I think they go, they can make Ezra look like whatever he wants. So there's no, there's no basis. So they have no limitations. And I think it just seems more felony to go with Ezra than Luke, uh, if I were to choose. All right, I'll also go with Ezra because you guys convinced me. <laughs> it seems plausible. Uh, as much as Yaddle would have made a splash if it was her, but I'll go with Ezra. And I'm going to agree with uh, Steve's score. I'm going to give it a 94 with my highest rated episode of the season. I love the fact that they brought in Boba Fett. Obviously, that resonates with me more so than bringing in someone from Rebels or the Clone Wars. Uh, but it didn't miss a beat. I still, I probably would go with Episode Eight of last season over this one. But this was absolutely fantastic. Oh, 94. I mean, doesn't get much better than that. Um. So that will do it for this episode of our Mando Mandalorian uh, review. Uh, stay tuned for our 90s draft, uh, our, our regularly programmed uh, show. Our, we're doing the 90s uh, with uh, Pete again uh, in, 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 uh, as, as a sequel to our 80s. That'll be the sequel uh, episode. Pete will stay on and be the fourth member of our team. Uh, any closing thoughts? Excited for uh, seventh episode of the season. Yeah, I'm very excited. The we're in Friday. We're in Don't for a I'm wild be able ride. To watch it early enough on Friday. Might have to wait till like Friday night or something. But I'm very excited. I'm actually gonna wake up and watch it like right away, just because I have finals from one to three. Like I, I have tests that I'll need to study for and get my routine. But I might wake up at like seven thirty, bang it out, start my day, just because yeah, I, I, I feel like I can't. I can't, like, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to spoil, but I, I can't run that risk. It's too high. My last two are on Friday as well. And I'm really trying to figure out, like, what is going to happen? Because yeah. to me, the obvious cliffhanger was the Empire taking Baby Yoda right at the end of this episode eight. And then that's where you're left off until next October or whenever when season three premieres. 
So I'm trying to think what kind of cliffhanger they're going to leave us at because it's got to be something. It, it's going to be something. Um, yes, so that will do it uh, for today's episode. So for Billy Bruno, Aiden LaCorey, The Wrong Theater, and the 610 Podcast Network, this has been Stephen O'Malley. We will see you guys next time.